Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio is Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this time we have together. Thank you for the beauty of creation, um, that you speak to us through creation, um, and in a particular way, in different parts of creation, um, places set aside for your honor. Many of these are uh, places of devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, so we pray Uh, To her, Hail Mary, full of of grace, grace, the the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I alluded to in the prayer a moment ago, today we're going to be talking about various um, sites uh, around Ohio, around the country, around the world, that are dedicated in a special way to God, to prayer, uh, maybe to a particular saint, um, pilgrimage sites. Um, so, Brian, um, you have some etymology of the word pilgrim, right? Yes, I'm the word guy. That's right. I'm happy so, we're talking about pilgrimages today because I've had a few experiences with them and they've always been very enriching. So yeah. I'm happy to be able to not only just talk about them and share them, but hopefully also inspire other people to participate in them too, because it's a really um, worthwhile thing to do as a Christian. And um, the origin of the word is a great image once we get down to the base of it. Mm -hmm. So pilgrim comes from a word in French, you know, for a time in England, French was the main language because um, the, the royal family was from France, so there was a lot of right. vocabulary that was introduced. Right. William the Conqueror was French, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the French word for pilgrim is pellegrin, and um, that comes from the Latin word peregrinus. Now, if you've ever heard of a peregrine falcon, mm-hmm. it's a type of bird. Sure. It's a type of bird that goes from place to place. So it relates to the same idea of you know someone who is a foreigner or in exile in a different land, okay. you know, going around. We used to have some in downtown Columbus, but I guess they've continued on in their yeah, pilgrimage. Right. <laughs> Same thing up in Canton. When I was a kid, we used to have one who lived in an office building. Right. Yeah. They live on top of those and swoop down. <laughs> and the root of that Latin word is two different parts, per and ager. That's where peregrine or peregrinus comes from. Mm-hmm. Per just means through and ager is a field. So what it's telling us is a pilgrim is someone who's just walking through the fields, you know, going from place to place. Um, And that comes from a time when there weren't so many roads. So a lot of times the way people got from place to place was just walking across the land that was there. And fields were easier to walk across than the forest. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, So it's an image of not being stable in one place and, um, you know, going across... Um, these these areas to, to reach a new destination. That's where pilgrim comes from. Neat. So we hear the word pilgrim 
I believe it's in the third Eucharistic prayer where we pray for um, you know the priest addressing God, your pilgrim church on right. earth, mm-hmm. on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea of of pilgrimage, while it's a physical thing that a lot of us do, it's also describes in some way the state of the church here on earth, mm-hmm. and by extension, all of her members. So all members of the church, mm-hmm. all Christians are pilgrims in a way. Right. It's right? a funny thing to think about because in our lives we look for stability, mm-hmm. rightfully so. We want to find a home, settle down, right. you know, accumulate certain possessions that are necessary and other things that can also contribute to the quality of our life, you know, mm-hmm. comfort, enjoyment, recreation. Right. I um, want a place that's mine. This mm-hmm. is this is where I am. Right. Right. You know, we talk about going home at the end of the day mm-hmm. as what we look forward to. You know, right. we work as much as we give ourselves to our work and our studies in the end those are often oriented towards our family life and our life at home right. and we look forward especially to home not so much <laughs> the work and the study sometimes absolutely <laughs> um and the church is reminded that this is her state too and it's the state of all the members of the church mm-hmm. all of us as christians we're reminded that you know as much as this world is good you know god tells us in his when he creates the world he sees it and says it's good yeah first page of the bible Mm -hmm. right there right we have a true ultimate final home that is elsewhere yeah right our our home in heaven Mm -hmm. that's where that's where we'll be completely comfortable (laughs) completely happy um where we'll be with our family right the family Mm -hmm. of god the the catechism puts it rather beautifully um, and it quotes St. Augustine in the second part of what I'm going to say. The Catechism says, The Church will receive its perfection only in the glory of heaven at the time of Christ's glorious return. Until that day, and now these are St. Augustine's words, the Church progresses on her pilgrimage amidst this world's persecutions and God's consolations. And St. Augustine wrote those words, in one of his most famous books, which is called The City of God. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he's trying to compare the two main cities that you know we find ourselves in, the city of this world and then the city of God. And um, he talks about how through this world, we're, uh, we're striving always to arrive at that city. And we work to build up this world in certain ways and especially to encourage the dignity of other people mm-hmm. and to help make it easier for people to know and love God. Right. So this, the city of God is supposed to be our, the model right, exactly. for what we're doing here. Even what we're doing in this world is right. always oriented towards that ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. But St. Augustine still recognizes that the city of, of man, the city on earth, while we're looking towards the city of God, will never be the city of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's something that's, lacking here on earth that will be as the catechism says perfected mm-hmm. in heaven so we're looking towards that mm-hmm. having that inform what we're doing here mm-hmm. but recognizing that heaven is still that city of god is where perfection lies mm-hmm. yeah. and we remind ourselves of that not just by talking about it but pilgrimages concretely mm-hmm. help us to remind ourselves that you know we're we're moving through this world in a way right and so we go to those places of devotion those shrines that are I guess in a way represent the city of God. Right. Their places set aside mm-hmm. even on earth for special prayers, um, special uh, devotions. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So this this idea of pilgrimage, it's been part of the Christian understanding for a very long time. Right, right? Yeah. This isn't something that was come up with in the Middle Ages or um, in the modern time. This was present from almost the very beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one uh, Saint, Saint Egeria, mm-hmm. um, not someone that we hear about all the time, but... But she um, gives us a fascinating witness of the early does. church. Right. So she is from Spain, mm-hmm. right? She's Spanish. Um, but her her diary, mm-hmm. um, the most famous of her writings, I'm not sure if there are any others extant, but mm-hmm. her diary we still have um, from the third century. And um, it's her recounting um, Holy Week and Easter right. in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the other side of the Mediterranean Sea. Then this was a time when you were getting around either on your feet mm-hmm. with the help of a horse or across the ocean. So right. to get from Spain to the Holy Land was quite a trek. Yeah. And also the fact that she kept such a detailed record of everything that she went, went through um, is very helpful for us. And like you said, especially her example then helps us to see how pilgrimage was even early in the church just an important part of the experience of faith. Um, and as much as we don't need any one specific place in order to make our faith whole, mm-hmm. we recognize that these consecrated sacred areas can help to make that faith stronger. Right, right. Now, I suppose someone might ask the question, well, you know, we have this relationship with God, you know, through our prayer. Mm-hmm. Why do we need some sort of physical location mm-hmm. or or why do we have so many of them is there you know in in the in in the old testament jerusalem was that privileged site right, right. god dwelt in his temple mm-hmm. um so everybody came up to the temple but why do we have all of these pilgrimage sites all over the world um and why do we need them at all right don't we have access to the father now through jesus christ well we certainly do right <laughs> so christ is the new temple so through him we can have that most privileged access to the Father and communion with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the way God makes his love visible and concrete, basically the way he continues the incarnation in different small ways is what's most fascinating and encouraging about these pilgrimage sites. Um, and especially you mentioned at the beginning of the show that many pilgrim sites of pilgrimage are dedicated to the Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. And that is, in a large part, thanks to the apparitions that faithful have experienced from her in those different places of the world. So we see a concern not only on God's part for you know living among us in the incarnation, but even the Mother of God, who always wants to draw us to her Son, finding ways to really speak to people throughout the world on their terms mm-hmm. um, of her son's love and appear in a way that's going to be something they can really respond to. So God is always seeking ways to make it easier and easier for us to connect with him. And the Blessed Mother and the other saints are desiring that same thing. Right, right. It's it's part of the incarnation that creation and specific places and specific times in history reveal God Mm -hmm. in a particular way. Um, So we have pilgrimage sites around Ohio, around the country, around the world that all speak a particular message 
from God that is worth listening to for sure um, and worth um, giving our prayers at. Um, yeah. You're listening to The Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Joining me in the studio is Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Today we've been talking about um, pilgrimage um, so far just as a concept for the Christian life, as someone traveling on a journey, um, journeying to a place, and our mm-hmm. final destination of the whole Christian life, the pilgrimage of the Christian life, is heaven. Um, but we have all these pilgrimage sites um, that we can go to um, here in Ohio. Um, one of my favorites is the Shrine of Our Lady of Constellation mm-hmm. uh, in Cary, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place. Yes, beautiful place. Lots of uh, good prayers said there daily. Um, it's served by the conventual Franciscans, mm-hmm. um, an order of Franciscan friars, um, and they do a great job with um, continuing the shrine devotions, um, telling the story of the statue of Our Lady of Consolation, um, and all the all the healings that have come there. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's so striking about um, the basilica there is in the lower level, they have a wall that just has, it's full of crutches mm-hmm. and braces and all these other things that people have left behind because they can. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> they came there, they asked the Blessed Mother for healing um, from whatever sort of ailment, whether it's physical or spiritual or um, emotional, um, and they were granted that healing. Um, and so they left their crutch or brace or whatever it is mm-hmm. as a sign, um, hey, something amazing happened here. And also as a, a thanksgiving mm. um, you know, Blessed Mother, thank you for your intercession. Here's what I don't need anymore. Right. It's an um, impressive sign just yeah, to see that. absolutely. Yeah, just the wall full of crutches. <laughs> so um, elsewhere, just even here in the state of Ohio, we have many other pilgrimage sites. One is from um, up near your neck of the woods, yeah, right, Brian? up in Canton, um, which is my hometown and part of the Diocese of Youngstown. Mm-hmm. There... In the early 20th century lived a woman by the name of Rhoda Wise, who is now a servant of God, which is, you know, in the canonization process to be declared a saint. It's, if you will, the first step. Mm -hmm. So her house has become a place of pilgrimage. It's been pretty well preserved, thanks in no small part to the help of um, Mother Angelica's community of sisters, the Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration, because... Rhoda Wise was influential in Mother Angelica's early life and her discernment or religious vocation. Oh, wow. So the house there is open on weekdays and on some weekends, and people come from throughout the country to learn more about her life, um, to also pray for experiences of healing, which she was able to help bring about in her life by recommending prayer, especially to our Lord, and St. Therese mm-hmm. of Lisio. Um, this was exciting to be up there now, especially with the process going forward for her canonization. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of excitement. There is, and there's um, interest, you know, growing in different parts to come see mm-hmm. Rhoda's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So we have a saint in the making um, here in <laughs> Canton, Canton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, there's also the um, shrine of Maria Stein, out um, 
just west of Columbus, about an hour, hour and a half or so. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know mm-hmm. it's uh, a very large relic chapel. Right. Um, I was joking before the radio show that, you know, if, you, if you've never seen relics before, go there. They have every relic and two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's a place where there's a lot of intercessory power available. Mm-hmm. Right. You have that physical link with um, the saints, someone who's up in heaven, who's... Uh, got the ear of God in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. You can go find about anyone you need over there. Right, right. So that's another beautiful place to go and pray. Uh, so there are other kind of f- very famous sites throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Middle Ages, um, it was a penance for, for very serious sins was making a pilgrimage often to Rome. Hmm. Um, Rome continues to be a pilgrimage site. Um, the members of third theology at the Josephinum, which uh, Brian and I are in, always make a pilgrimage there at Christmas time. Um, so this year we are going to Rome, um, the end of December, uh, beginning of January. Um, we'll see the the major basilicas there um, and all of the other beautiful treasures and beautiful sites for prayer mm-hmm. that Rome has to offer. Yeah, much like going to the Holy Land, which is the place where we can see the sites that our Lord you know, ministered in, where he taught, where he suffered, died, and rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. In Rome, we can see some very important places in the history of the early church. You know, even the apostles, of course, Peter and Paul, right, Peter's most tomb. especially. Um, and then the the tombs of countless martyrs from the history of the early church when the church grew so miraculously at a time when it wasn't really looked upon favorably. Right, right. Yeah, you have all the, the catacombs where um, the Christians would go and hide and, and offer mass, um, just places of, of prayer and protection. Um, yeah. And a place, another place in Europe that I've never been to is the... The Shrine of St. James, often known because of the pilgrimage, the Camino mm-hmm. de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. Right. Um, Starts in France. and it was made somewhat popular a few years ago by a movie with Martin Sheen and his son right. um, called The Way. Mm-hmm. And the that trail that you said starts in, in France, goes all the way across northern Spain to Santiago, which is on the western edge of Spain near the, the coast. Um, and it was also in the Middle Ages, especially just a very popular place to go for pilgrimage. And it's peculiar in a way nowadays because that long trek is still preserved for people to make it on foot. Mm-hmm. People don't go many places on foot these days, long sure. distance. Like sure. they'll go to the city of Rome, they'll go to the Holy Land and visit right. the cities we're not going to walk all the way there. We, we take the plane into so the Rome airport. <laughs> that's one of those old long-distance pilgrimage pilgrimages that's still preserved today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of um, seminarians have, have done the Camino in the past few years, and they always talk about, um, you know, the shrine of St. James there and um, Santiago de Compostela being, you know, so beautiful and, and whatnot, but it's the process of getting there, walking the however many hundred miles it is um, that 
you know, you have a lot of time, you're by yourself or you're with other people, you're Mm -hmm. not going to talk the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have a lot of quiet time for just reflection, for spontaneous conversation with God. That's, I think that's one of the beautiful parts about pilgrimage in addition to the site you're going to is that, that journeying, the walking through the field. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a value just in doing that. Mm -hmm. And as much it is, as it is quiet time and downtime, you're still moving the whole time. So that idea of not just moving, but going somewhere is always Mm -hmm. in the back of your mind somewhere. So that's leading you in your reflections. Right. Yeah. In many ways. That's pretty amazing. Um, Another pilgrimage site that um, always sticks out for me is the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. I go there and most, a lot of seminarians go there every year uh, in January for the March for Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the Basilica, they have a a mass with over 5,000 people, um, the Vigil Mass for Life that's... Yeah, it's um, impressive. Yeah, if if you ever are in need of hope (laughs) for the church... Find that online. Um, yeah. It's beautiful to see this this massive basilica, absolutely massive basilica, packed mm-hmm. with people on the top floor, on in the the lower level. Mm-hmm. Um, so many um, high schoolers and college age students um, just crowding every usable space. Um, and so that's that's a point of pilgrimage for um, pro lifers um, mm-hmm. for sure is that moment there um, when we go, we make our way to Washington, and we all begin in prayer right. there um, the night before the March for Life and then go out and witness. We walk around, right? Mm-hmm. We're walking also with a purpose, not to a physical destination, but marching for together. a destination right. together, mm-hmm. um, right? A destination of a culture that um, values life from its con- from conception. Um, yeah, and I, I associate the national shrine not only with that weekend but just in itself the shrine has many beautiful mm-hmm. altars to our lady right. through all these different devotions of her from throughout some. the world right right so you have um, it's a beautiful way to see in one place all those different expressions of her concern for us mm-hmm. throughout history and throughout the world right and how she comes down to each location right each culture as it's found mm-hmm. um yeah, so a very, very large, very beautiful shrine um, that has certainly done wonders for our country, mm-hmm. um, providing that place of Marian intercession. And that reminds me of some other experiences of pilgrimage that I've had these last few years, in the summer especially, um, through the Byzantine Catholic Church mm. uh, in Northeast Ohio. There's a much stronger presence of the Byzantine Catholic Church, um, another church united with us under the guidance of the Pope in Rome, right. but a church with a different expression, especially in their liturgy mm-hmm. of of prayer. But we share the same beliefs. And there are two pretty large pilgrimages here in Ohio and Pennsylvania, one up in Northeast Ohio around the Feast of the Assumption of Mary in August, um, at a shrine called Our Lady of Maria Poch, hmm. dedicated to an icon of Our Lady that was located in Hungary, and which at different points throughout history, when the people of Hungary were 
suffering, you know, mm-hmm. would shed tears. Oh, wow. So a, a shrine, uh, an image of great importance to the people, and um, a replica of that image exists at this shrine in Northeast Ohio. And, you know, people come f- from throughout Ohio especially, but even from some of the neighboring states for that pilgrimage. And then the other one that I've experienced is an even larger pilgrimage in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. So um, south of Pittsburgh, basically, southeast mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh. Um, around Labor Day weekend, another shrine to Our Lady, Our Lady of Perpetual Help, that draws people from throughout, especially the eastern United States. Right. That. Yeah. So there's so many different places of pilgrimage, even here in Ohio, um, very famous ones throughout the world that have um, endured the test of time, right? People have been making pilgrimage mm. to, uh, to Santiago, um, de Compostela, to Rome, to the yeah. Holy Land from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, part of the Christian life, mm-hmm. um, to go on pilgrimage, um, to make it a time of prayer, um, a time to, especially since so many of these are Marian mm-hmm. places, to ask for her intercession in our lives in whatever way that we need. Um, and one thing that you always need to bring on pilgrimage is snacks along the way, <laughs> right? So like yes. on our... <laughs> on our bus trip out to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life, that's like after you pack all of your hand warmers and foot warmers, the next important thing is snacks for the bus. You don't want to faint on the way. Exactly. Yeah, you got to build up strength. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if candy bars are the best way to do that, but <laughs> they do work. Mm. So, um, <laughs> fair enough. So, but on the Christian life, we also have, um, maybe we won't, won't call it snacks, but food <laughs> for the journey. Yeah. The supreme um, nourishment. <laughs> yes, yes. The the nourishment par excellence um, for our own life, which mm-hmm. is the Eucharist. Of course. Um, Christ gives us his himself mm-hmm. um, as food for the journey, um, which is why um, Holy Communion given to the dying is called viaticum. It goes with you. Right. It's it's on the way, mm-hmm. um, on that, that final moment before mm-hmm. you've um, finished your pilgrimage. Mm in this life. Thanks for joining us for today's Seminarians show. Remember, you can find all of our episodes in the Seminarians audio archive at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus, and joining me in the studio today has been Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Let's end in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed Hallowed be be thy thy name. name. Thy kingdom kingdom come, come, thy thy will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of the seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.